Good morning. Can you all hear me fine? Is this close? Good enough? Good. Welcome. Happy to see you. I hope you're happy to see me. I told uh, the first uh, service that I feel a little bit like, uh, you know, in Star Trek, any of you know the Star Trek movies where the, the captain is beamed down to a planet and he doesn't know if he's going to find friendlies or what kind of people he's going to find. So far, the natives have been friendly, and I appreciate very much your welcome to, to this alien in, in your presence. But y'all have given us a wonderful welcome. On behalf of Brendan, myself, as you know, my wife is also a pastor. About five years ago, she decided she was tired of listening to my preaching, and so she went to preaching herself. And uh, she has uh, she's serving uh, this church at Immigray in Woodruff, and um, you will see her from time to time at some of the events. She plans to be here this afternoon for the uh, 50th anniversary of uh, Leonard, Leonard's, uh, and so she'll be here for that. But I do want to thank a few people before we get started. I normally welcome and announcements won't be this long, but uh, I especially want to thank the Parsonage Committee, uh, especially uh, Norman and Betty uh, West. I want to thank the Seeker Sunday School class, uh, Y'all can cook for us any time you want to. It was some fine food. I also want to thank the PPRC, all the members of PPRC, and especially Wayne, uh, for all uh, that they have done to welcome us. And especially I want to thank the children. I came into my office the other day for the first day, and the children had put a big banner up, welcome me, and writing things on it. And then it, they must have made about, there must be 30 or 40 of these little little notes that they wrote, like, I hope you enjoy preaching at Memorial. And I just, so all you, any of you children had a hand in this, I, I just want you to know that I really appreciate that welcome. I also hope that you uh, saw the newsletter that came out and my little piece in it. There's just a couple of things I want to highlight. My theology in a nutshell is that, first of all, that the most important thing we do is worship. It doesn't matter whether it's contemporary or traditional. The most important thing we do is worship. Everything rolls from worship. The second most important thing we do is pray. And pray, prayer is really listening to God to guide us. And, and I hope that we will be together, a praying church, listening to God's guidance. And finally, I'm a Wesleyan true and true. I've raised all my life. I was raised. I tell people I was baked, born, and bred in the Methodist church. I've always been a Methodist. And our theology of grace... Uh, open doors, open hearts, open minds is, uh, to me is, is a good, good example of who we are as United Methodists. But I also want you to know that my door is always open. I will keep the same kind of office hours as Reverend Holt did. Uh, I will, I'm available by phone or email or text. Uh, and you can, you, my cell number was listed and will be in case of emergencies. So I just wanted you to know that. And I appreciate very much the warm welcome, as I said. I have a couple announcements that was given to me to give to you. One is from the Family Ministries area, is that Wonderful Wednesdays will continue this week. Preschool and elementary kids are invited to join for the 4th of July parade party from 9 a.m. to 12 this Wednesday. Sign up by filling out the form in the church bulletin, dropping it in an offering plate today, or by contacting Katie Jeter. And also, Katie wanted us to thank everyone who had a hand in the the annual Lake Day that occurred last Sunday at Lake Cunningham, and a special thanks to Eric Jeter for cooking the hot dogs and hamburgers. 
And you can check online, she says, at grillchurch.com for pictures. And I, I looked at some of the pictures already. And uh, that's, so you can do that to, get, to know more about that. One more thing. Today begins the most important holiday in our country's uh, existence, and that's the 4th of July. And so I would like to take just a moment um, today to have the veterans stand up. If you're a veteran, would you stand up and let us recognize you? Stand up if you're able. We thank you for your service. Well, through the next few weeks and months and years, I'll, I'll tell you a little bits and pieces about how I got here. Uh, but you can, if you don't like me for some reason, you need to find George Strait. Because <laughs> he was the first district superintendent that sent me uh, to a church here in the Greenville District. And it has been a wonderful ride for almost 20 years. And we have had a great time. And we're so pleased to be here. We started here in the Greenville District. Brenda worked in Greer as her first job, right, right off the point set. So we are happy to be here. So let us begin now our worship together.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. God of wind, word, and fire, we bless your name this day for sending the light and strength of your Holy Spirit. May that same Spirit enable us to praise and witness to your love throughout all the earth through Jesus Christ, who lives with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen.
us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let the children come down front and uh, Samantha, and we will have the children's time. What do we do on the 4th of July? That's really awesome. Um, will you say the Pledge of Allegiance with me? Okay. Everyone gather around. Come here. Come on. Gather around. No? Okay. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, individual, with liberty and justice for all. Come on. It's okay. Come on down. Come on. Come here. It's okay. Come on. Um, when we say, I pledge allegiance, what does allegiance mean? What do we mean when we say, I pledge allegiance to the flag? Exactly. It means that we're loyal to our country. Um, technically, the definition is the loyalty of a, of a citizen to his or her government um, or loyalty or devotion to a person. Well, Peter was loyal to Jesus. In Matthew 16, 13 through 20, let's see. All right. Um, now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, 
and others said, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ of the living God. And Jesus answered to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So Peter stood up to pledge allegiance to Jesus. He believed Jesus was the Son of God, the Christ, or the Anointed One. Jesus said that God was the Father and revealed this to Peter. God the Father shows who Jesus is to each one of us. If we believe that Jesus is a holy man, then we never accept his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. But if we believe he is only the Son of God, then we can believe that he is our Savior. As we pause to thank God for our freedom and many blessings on this Independence Day, let's remember how important it is to confess Jesus as our Savior. Um, pray with me. Father, thank you for sending Jesus so that we may have eternal life, freedom, and be forgiven for our sins. Amen. Thank you, Samantha. Now, I'm looking for volunteers. If you would like to help, and I'd like to, as many young people who would like to help, uh, you let the, let the office know. Your parents could let the office know for them if they if they can't do it themselves. For lay readers, for this first scripture lesson, I like to involve uh, as many folks as I can in our worship experience and. And uh, so I'm looking for lay readers. If you'd like to read the first scripture that we read on Sundays, if you'll let June know in the office, we'll compile a list. Today's first scripture lesson is from Isaiah chapter 51, 1 through 4. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. I just discovered this morning that you have the NIV in your cues. But uh, I go back and forth between the two. Give attention to God's holy word as found in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 1, reads, 
Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, but I blessed him and made him many. For the Lord will comfort Zion, he will comfort all her waste places, and will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Listen to me, my people, and give heed to me, my nation, for a teaching will go out from me, and my justice for a light to the peoples. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
As we come to our formal time of prayer, I want you to remember and to add to your prayer list Ellen Rogers, who is in the Spartanburg Hospital, and Dr. Kent Bridges, who's in the Greenville Hospital. I saw them both yesterday. They are doing as well as they can be, given their situations. But please remember them in your prayer time. Let us bow our heads in prayer. O oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty God, there is hope in you, for you are filled with steadfast love for your chosen people. And as children of your own calling, we come to sing praises to your holy name and seek your presence among us. By grace, we have been called to match our lives to our profession of love for you. But we must confess this day that we become lazy and fail to live generous lives for the upbuilding of your church. If you, O oh Lord, should mark our iniquities, who, O oh Lord, could stand? But there is forgiveness with you. In your mercy, forgo your judgment upon us and restore us as your own that your will for us may be fulfilled. Your spirit has opened the eyes of many to the great invitation of new life in Jesus Christ. By that same spirit, make us witnesses to your steadfast love in ways that the world might come to know you. By the works of your mercy, many have been healed of their diseases. Let those who are among us uh, who are sick let them touch your hem of your garment. Let their faith be made whole. We pray, O oh God, that you would comfort all those who may mourn this day and any who may have low spirits, that your spirit would come and help them. Lord, we pray this day for all those listed in our service bulletin on the prayer list. We pray for those that we have named. And we pray for those in our hearts now. Hear us, loving God, because we call on you in the name of the one who heals us, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray when we were together saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is an act of worship. So let us take up our worship as we give with our ushers would come forward to receive our tithes and our offerings.
Please be seated. Our sermon text today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, beginning at verse 1 through 12. Give attention to the reading of God's holy word. The Pharisees and Sadducees came, and to test Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. And he answered them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Then he left them and went away. Now when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. And Jesus said to them, Watch out and beware the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they said to one another, It is because we've brought no bread. And becoming aware of it, Jesus said, You of little faith, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the five thousand? And how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand? And how many baskets you gathered? How could you fail to perceive that I was not speaking about bread? Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he had not told them to beware of the yeast of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for the opportunity to worship and your Holy Spirit that drew us here and is with us now to enable us to understand your words for our time. Help us to see that frustrations that we face in life are but opportunities for your good and helpful hand. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I've had many frustrating moments in my life. I remember playing softball in the fifth grade. Anybody here in the fifth grade? Anybody ever play in the fifth grade softball? Fifth grade softball is probably the hardest thing to do for a fifth grader, I think, is to play softball. Especially in my case, because I would face a boy named Bud Rowe Johnson. Now, I don't know if you know, but Bud Rowe is kind of like the name Bubba, okay? If there's anybody named Bud Rowe in here now, I'm sorry that you're named Bud Rowe. But Bud Rowe was a nice fella, except for the fact that he wasn't the smartest kid. He, in fact, had failed several grades, and because of that, he was probably the best pitcher the school would ever see. Uh, needless to say, I was very frustrated in my attempt to be a good baseball player. Well, you can imagine how I felt years later when I was playing JV football and I was in a scrimmage game before the big game and I was sent in to play the defensive end and I was completely run over several times by, you guessed it, Bud Rowe Johnson. Well, I wish I could tell those of you who are young here today, younger than me, that when you're an adult, things get less frustrating. But if you ask any adult here, I'm sure they will give you some fresh examples of frustration. 
I guess one that gets everybody is forgetting things. Sometimes I will walk in and out of a room to try to jog my memory as to why I went into that room in the first place. Any of you ever do that? And it never fails just after you get changed from work and you sit down to relax for a few minutes before supper, something reminds you, usually in my case it's a gentle nudge from Pastor Brenda, reminds you that you forgot to buy the milk and the bread or whatever it is, right? You forgot to do it again. Well, I wish I could tell you as you get older that things will get better. But I can't. I just recently talked to my mom and my dad. I'm blessed to have my mother and my dad still in my life. And she was telling me that daddy and her got in the car. They drove into town. They got out of their car. Then they got back in their car and drove back home. I said, Mom, why, why did y'all do that? She said, we couldn't remember why we went in the first place. <laughs> but she said it was okay because they ran into some friends and they hadn't seen in a while. And she said, the truth is known, they probably didn't know why they were in town either. <laughs> yes, life can have its frustrating moments. Well, I was sitting in my office. I was kind of feeling sorry for myself. Did any of you ever do that, feel sorry for yourself? Well, believe it or not, even ministers have these moments of doubt and frustration and anxiety. And I was uh, thinking about all the things that I have done through the years and all the years of praying and preaching and teaching and all the importance of being a better disciple and growing spiritually that I'd preach. For, and then I got to thinking about all the people who did this seemed to go right over their head and never seemed to permeate them very much. And then I got to thinking about all my anxieties that I had as I thought about facing you guys, okay? And I gazed out the window and I thought and I said to myself, oh Lord, just to have the joys and triumphs that you experienced in your ministry. And about that time a knock came to the door. So I looked up, but I did not see anyone. So I walked outside. And that's when I caught a glimpse of him as he walked towards the sanctuary. From the back, it sure looked like the Lord, so I naturally followed. And he went and he sat down on the church steps, and I, I came and sat down beside of him, but I didn't say anything. I was afraid to speak. And we sat there for a while in silence, and, and finally he said, nice place. I nodded. We sat there a few more minutes, and finally Jesus spoke again, and he said, Joseph, he said, let me tell you a story. It was about halfway through my ministry. It was not long after I had delivered the Sermon on the Mount, some of my best work. I had healed a lot of people, taught many parables, and the twelve had witnessed all these things. They had even seen me walk on water. That's not an easy thing to do. Anyway, I was tired. We all were. And so I thought, let's go on some R&R, &R, a little trip north of Lake Galilee for a little rest. And so we were on our way to Caesarea Philippi, near Mount Hermon, a beautiful place, very much like the foothills and the mountains around here. And I had just had a run-in with some of those religious fanatics, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they wanted me to prove myself to them with signs and wonders, a little, a little like your PPRC committees. <laughs> I was getting frustrated. And so I said to them, a wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, 
but none will be given it except the sign of Noah, Jonah. Now, I know that sounds pretty cryptic, but I thought, hey, let them figure it out. After all, they claim to be the religious authorities. Anyway, right after that, the 12 and I left by boat to go across the lake. We were on our way. We were catching the breezes, sailing along. And I thought this would be a good time to warn the 12 about the problems they were going to face in the future, to tell them about those frustrating times and how to deal with them. Well, no sooner had the words yeast of the Pharisees come out of my mouth than John looked at Peter, Peter looked at James, James looked at Andrew, and then someone, I believe it was Thaddeus, said, we forgot to buy the bread again. The master's upset. And then Jesus just shook his head and let out a roar of laughter. It was the last thing I expected. And then for the longest time, he just gazed off into the distance. Well, I did not know what to say. I wasn't really too sure what was going on. Finally, Jesus looked at me again and with those piercing eyes, and he said, Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000? How it is that you do not understand? Well, I'm going to admit to you that I felt like my day seemed to be going from bad to worse, for I was at a loss of words to say to Jesus, and not only that, but I was thinking in my mind, how am I going to explain to my district superintendent and the bishop that I had sit beside a Jesus on the church's front steps and had never asked the first question, you know, one of those great important questions like, what happens when you die? You know, these kind of questions. I had just sat there dumbfounded with my head down. It seemed like an eternity passed. And finally, I felt a hand on my shoulder and I heard gentle words. Joseph, many times on earth, I felt the emotion of frustration. It is unfortunately a major part of the human journey. And when I felt it, I would go away to a private place to pray. And I would turn over my anxieties to the Father in heaven. What you and those that you shepherd need most to remember is that God knows you better than you even know yourselves. And God knows your needs. And God wants to supply your needs. And God wants you to take time to be alone and to speak to God about your needs. Well, just then I heard the sound of children playing near the playground. And so I looked up and I saw Jesus and he is already heading towards the sound of the children. He turned, he smiled, he waved. I waved back and I headed back to my office. It was not too long after that that I, I sat in the, the chair, the chair I was sitting in, and I realized uh, that as someone nudged me, Pastor Brenda, as she shook me awake, and she said, honey, you're sleeping. You're snoring and sleeping. And um, then she said, honey, did you remember to buy that bread on the way home today from the office? It seems I had been dreaming, a wonderful, gracious dream. But this time, instead of feeling anger and frustration over my shortcomings, of which I have many, I felt this peace come over me. 
You know, the one that the Bible says, it passes all understanding. And for a moment, I was able to put things in my life from God's point of view. I was able to see that frustrations and anxieties and all these things that we worry about are really opportunities for God to bless us and help us and to be present with us. John 6, 27 guides us in this understanding. It reads, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. We must remember that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. And my friends, that's the only bread that you have to remember. You don't have to remember any other. If you got that bread, you've got all you need. I offer you this word of hope. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.